0: We're back for our new show. Okay, Damage Blue, as a black entrepreneur out here, you know, one of the people that I've had a lot of respect for is Master P. Now, I grew yes. up in Stockton. I grew up in Stockton, California. And Master P was one of the few people early on him um, and E-40. they were a, There were a few Bay Area rappers who now are icons in hip-hop music that were in the hood selling mixtapes out with the people, making sure that we got the music first. Percy Miller is somebody I knew ever since I was a teenager. And so uh, I talked to him recently about that hustle and that journey and how he got there and it was really interesting to be able to see the mind of a mogul that now is selling uh chips and water i mean when master p was coming up he had a cell phone service he had
1: car dealerships he owned projects master p was always bigger than the music that's one thing i loved about him a lot of moves we see with artists today you know they're thinking they're doing something and they are salute to them but master p always had his own sneaker So like Percy Miller really is an icon, not just in music, but just in hip hop culture in general, when you talk about being an entrepreneur. And you know what's so crazy? You would never think this, but as a little girl growing up in Boston, Master P was the first time I ever heard about an artist needing to own their masters. I had never heard of such a thing. And he taught a lot of young people who are now business people about how important it is to own. Ownership was a big thing for him that is now a big thing for everybody else. But before social media, he was always talking about ownership. And out of all the people that I've ever interviewed, Little Romeo is probably the most chivalrous, well-mannered, like amazing person that I've ever spoken to as a celebrity. And I think about how he was raised. And so for me, Master P was not just a great businessman, I think he's a great father. If his son is any indication, I think he was a great father as well as a businessman.
0: Well, one of the biggest things I've always had in terms of admiring him is that, you know, whether you're an artist or an actor or you're an athlete or whatever, you know, how you build your brand, how you build your legacy is all dependent on every strategic move that you make. And ever... Ever since I knew him in, as an artist and then went back and watched him with, you know, I got the hookup and iconic hood tapes, as we used to call They we used to watch, you know, I've, I've seen him evolving as an artist and entrepreneur and then sitting back watching him make hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and be able to put so many people of color on you know, and his family and friends, I've always wanted to pick his brain. And I saw him not too long ago at the Revolt Summit and he was on stage and I wasn't able to get to him. And I've never met him in person until this interview. But uh, being a- been able to ask him about that. And as you said, Blue, his son, Romeo, who he as, uh, has uh, raised to be a really respectable young man who hasn't found himself in a lot of drama, who's also on Foxhole, our media partner's platform. You know, uh, Master P undoubtedly is one of those people that I don't think gets enough credit for being a brilliant, businessman he is brilliant and i also wanted to find out what he thought about kim kardashian inserting herself in the whole c murder uh, incarceration and wanting to get him out because he had a lot to say on social media and i don't know that he's done an interview to talk about it until today so uh everybody welcome master p and I'm excited. This show, I've been waiting for this for a long time because I'm from Stockton, California, and it's a lot of people that has come up in the rap game and then took over the whole world of, uh, of um, business and none other than Master P. Master P, listen, I'm from Stockton, California, I remember yeah. when you were hustling mixtapes way back in the not, like early nineties, yeah. And and you know that was even before the E forty hustle when they were selling the mixtapes. And I mean to see what you've done in business has been phenomenal. But it's so good to finally meet you.
1: Now, now it's a pleasure. Uh, shout out to the Bay Area, Richmond, Oakland, San Francisco, Stockton. Uh, man, salute. Yeah. So now, when
0: you you're originally from. Louisiana though, right? I'm originally from New Orleans and I moved to Richmond, California. So when you moved there, what did you move for? Was it just you relocated?
1: Yeah, I just needed to get away, man. I needed to get away. And uh, I, I jumped in my truck and just headed and stopped in Richmond and checked out Jones and Harris. C-Nate, that was a gospel uh, record store. And people was lined up around the corner, and I said, That's the business I wanted to get into. And I wanted to do it in hip hop and R&B.
0: But you weren't, but at the time you, so you weren't even an artist then when you saw that and decided that's what you were? No, I wasn't an artist. No Limits started as a retail store. Wow. And so then you saw that and then decided that's what I'm going to do. And then not not only did it, but then at that time, then your business mind must've been on the longevity of what you plan to do with it, because you've turned that into film. You've turned that into products. You've turned that into all types of stuff.
1: Yeah. No, nah, I mean, it's just a blessing. God is good. Uh, I was able to keep growing, keep getting better and uh, understanding business and learning it like from the failures. People think that everything just started out great, but it didn't. Uh, it was the failures, everything that I went through that got me to where I'm at today. And uh, like I say, it's no limit from there because if you got a chance to get up in the morning, you bless. A lot of people didn't
0: so when you so when you came up with the name No Limit, did that come from the mentality of having no limits?
1: Yeah, uh, my grandfather was big into the military. He fought in uh, the Vietnam War, and everything was camouflaged. and And uh, No Limit come from just having that sense of thinking outside the box, not being afraid, uh, to be disruptive. Uh, not being afraid to go for your dreams and your goals. And, and that's just
0: the mentality I grew up with. I grew up around military family. Mm. So when you decided to do rap, now there's a lot of people watching. I I come across a lot of young artists who you know, they have the dreams and aspirations that you had, but they don't have the hustle that you had, you know, and I always tell them like talent is 50% of it, but that hustle mentality and that ability to build relationships is really what's going to make that talent flourish. Well, um, really,
1: really, talent is 10%, 90% is the business. You got to get out there. It's marketing all the other things. It's 10% is your talent. People don't realize that uh, you could be one of the most talented people in the world, uh, but the business part is what's going to get you to the next level. And that's that's what got me to the next level, saying that, um, you know, I know that I'm talented. I know that I might have a a hit song or something, but to turn that into a hit record, that's the difference. Somebody got to get out there and work that project. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're just going
0: to be an average artist. There's a lot of great artists that never made it. Well, who taught you the business though? Because I don't know that there were people before you that were as vocal today in business as you are for this generation.
1: Yeah, well, I learned from failure. I learned from getting out there, trying, don't be afraid, be consistent. Uh, Every time they told me, no, I'll go through the window or come through the chimney. Uh, I'm I'm not sitting around waiting. i got to go out there and create opportunity. And I just got better and better. Uh, I learned from this book called Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? Uh, a guy named Reginald Lewis that just went out and created a multi-billion dollar business in the 1970s. And I'm
0: saying, if he could do that back then, then I should be able to do what I need to do. Mm. And so so why do you think this generation misses that drive or that determination to figure out another uh, route if the one that they've started isn't working?
1: Yeah, because we was taught to only think one way. Like, if you're a basketball player, just be a basketball player. If you're a rapper, just be a rapper. You know, I was always taught that you need a diversity, especially that we are behind. If you look at the past, we always blame our past, but I'm like, look for the future. We can't change the past, but we can change the future. And so I've always got into product, even though No Limit Records, we started out in the product game as a retail store, and then I got into the music industry. So I'm always thinking product. You get the the noodles, the icon chips, the L.A. Great Water, which is living authentically, gets you really excited about today. And I just think that product outweighs talent. People got to stop thinking about, well, I only could do one thing. Because when that one thing is over and that, that will dries up, then what you're going to do? Uh, people still in the music industry are still living off of what they did 25 years ago. I see people online. I see people telling stories about what happened 25 years ago. But what do, it, what do that do for you today and your family? And that's why you got to think outside the box. All those stories that happened 25 years ago, none of that stuff is feeding my family. None of that stuff is changing. It's all about growing. So anybody watching this, not forget about the past, but lead the past where it is and always acknowledge that, but don't live in the past. Uh, If if you're going to be able to be successful, time changes, technology changes every day. Uh, it's all about education. I, I just educated myself to my business and I studied a lot. I'm a student of the game. I'm constantly looking at other people's mistakes. I'm looking at other people's success and I'm I'm following the success and I'm not looking at the mistakes. And then when I got into the music business, I also got into the, the film business. I say, well, if I can make music, then I should be able to make films. And that's what I've been doing at the same time saying, let me open up every avenue, of revenue that I that
0: I can. Let me tell you something. I Got the Hookup It's literally one of the most iconic uh, DVDs. I remember it was on DVD when we were buying the DVDs. I mean, I Got the Hookup was something that was one of those culturally iconic moments that you provided to us. And so I wanna thank you for that. But the thing, when you're holding up your products, you know, it was interesting because when COVID happened, a lot of yeah. artists were scrambling, trying to figure out how to yeah. pay these bills. And I was talking yeah. to the BMIs and the ASCAPs and people were trying to get advanced money. But if you yeah. have products, that's that in your sleep money that no matter what happens, if the, if you can't perform, you're still gonna get a bag because all of your stuff is still moving.
1: Yeah, and the, and the great thing for me, uh, I'm working for my kids now. Like I'm marketing, doing what I need to do. My kids are the boss. We're talking about building generational wealth. Uh Romeo is the boss. Being able to pass this down and I don't even have to work. I'm I'm really retired. I'm just sitting back chilling, but it's all about my kids. And when you talk about I got the hookup, man, I gotta mention uh AJ Johnson, man. All right, Peter A. J. Johnson. I mean, this guy was so talented. Uh me and him co starred in that movie. I got the hook up. And uh um, I'm just praying for his family. I see what his family is going through. I, I don't I I never met his family or his wife uh I don't think so, but I had a great relationship with him. So uh whatever those guys need, uh they need me to help pay for the funeral. I will do it. Uh whatever else, you know, this this was this was a a real friend of mine, you know, even though he went through it, his ups and downs. This guy was just he was a legend we talk about African American comedy being able to be a hood hero and going from the hood to Hollywood and doing something extraordinary—I uh, just think that we have to be able to give people their flowers, why they here. And I just think the people that gave me this, if somebody special, gave me these—you know, these roses. I keep them on my desk in my office, and uh, we lo- we just lost so many great talents, man. Whether it's alcohol abuse, drug abuse, uh, and, and I'm praying for some kind of way that we get together and figure out how to mend this uh, this this hardship that we are gone through with all this talent that that we have been losing throughout the years. And uh, I'm dealing with it even in my family, with family members and friends. I think people in Hollywood are afraid to talk about the truth, but if we're gonna save the next generation, we gotta start talking about this, man. We gotta start talking about this with our families and figuring out some type of union or some type of way to help us. And uh, get through these struggling times. I mean, I know this dark times, especially with COVID, and uh from Michael K Williams to, to the comedians that that we lost uh earlier last month. We just gotta figure this out. Even the rappers, man, the rappers are dying so young now, you know, uh that 19, 20, 21 years old. And we don't wanna talk about the truth, but the truth really is drug related.
0: And and we have to change that. Well, so you just said a lot. So the one thing that I'm, when I was excited, when they said Master P was coming on the show, I said, listen, yeah. I, I'm listening to you. I, before I started Hollywood Unlocked, I heard you were one of the first people talking about tech and media and because we only had the world stars and this and that, but I remember you were starting a platform, but when I yeah. hear you talk, I pay attention to you. I saw you at the Revolt Summit you were on stage talking about business, talking about yeah. uh, ownership, talking about entrepreneurism. Why is, it think, why is it that you think the noise of all the drama online drowns out the game that you literally have been giving people of our community for years?
1: Yeah, well, you know, people don't want to hear the truth, and uh, people don't want to hear positive uh, messages and words. And it's, it's reality. We're about saving our culture. It's going to have to start with being truthful, uh, giving them game, giving them education, giving them not the ones that want to listen, because a lot of people have been listening. I mean, you started your business. I know a lot of other great people that are successful that said, Pete, man, thank you. Uh, Even though a lot of people don't get it, but I got it. Look at the business, look at the wealth, look at the empires I was able to create. My whole thing is getting us out of the private stage into creating uh, empires and also building economic empowerment. And and that's the only way we're going to be able to get through. Just like you said, during COVID-19 and uh the pandemic, I mean, a lot of people has fell off because they, they're in a panic mode, They're in a desperate stage. Uh, we can go out of this with education. Everybody want to get into it for the money. Everybody said they want to be successful. They want to make some money. No, you have to educate yourself. It's a lack of knowledge and it's also a lack of ideas. And so I, I want to push our culture now, people saying, let's go after these uh, ideas. Let's create wealth. Let's create uh these uh, opportunities that Hollywood are not giving us. So even when you look at uh, Black Panther, a movie like Black Panther, for us to get to that level, we don't have to start making these small movies like like we're doing now, where I got to hook up with uh, also with Unknown, the movie that we just finished up that'll be coming out uh, October 1st everywhere. But we got to start and we have to start uh, trusting the process and and buying into what we are producing and making until we grow to that level. That's what I mean by trust the process, that we got to grow to one of those big type of movies, but we have to control it and own it so we can put money back into the community and the culture. And my thing is I've been giving our culture the blueprint for a while, and the ones that are listening, they're successful. Uh, I tell people all the time, if you follow me in my music career, right, why not follow me? I'm on a path to building a generational wealth. We're creating products, we are creating other opportunities for our people and our culture. And all our brands are, the more we make, the more we give. We wanna give back to help educate the next generation and help feed the elderly. I think that's, that's those things are important to me. I'm passionate about giving our people the game. And maybe I just gotta start charging our people. That's what it is. So, you know, uh, they charge me. When, when somebody charge you for something, you hold on to uh, Michael Jackson the attorney charged me $25,000 in the 90s. That's how I started No Limit Records. And what I did was I was looking for a deal to say, what's the biggest deal like Michael Jackson got better? And the attorney said, it's gonna cost you $25,000 to come sit down with me and get this type of information. And I went. I gave my 25,000, he told me a distribution deal. You will make more money than any artist in the world. And uh, I ended up sitting down with him I didn't get it at first. He said, but you don't have to have $200,000 in marketing money. And I didn't understand. I'm like, man, I just gave this man $25,000. And now, and that was in the 90s. And now I'm going to need 200000 more to go get this deal. And I started selling the CDs and cassettes out of the trunk of my car, raised the money, and the rest was history. That, that listen, was listen,
0: I remember when you came yeah. to Stockton. I had yeah. the Percy Miller <laughs> tapes. I'm telling you, this is why when I've been watching you, because I've been a fan. I've been a fan. I'm not the biggest fan of hip hop. I don't know everything. I know Mia X. I know the music. But mm. I've been a fan of watching you in that hustle and the fact that although your your clothes have changed, you got the yeah. gold sinks and you got the mm-hmm. hundreds of millions of dollars, your hustle has never stopped and your diversification on your business hasn't changed. Yeah. And so when I look at you, I'm like, man, you're literally the example to everybody who wanted the hookup that you can literally do it if you do the hard work, but also the investment in learning the game, because yes. there are people out there that got it for sale, but sometimes we just want it the fast where we want to make yeah. it look like we got it when we really don't want to put in the work or invest in ourselves.
1: Yeah, now nah, man, I, I put my trust and faith in God and I constantly grow. Like I tell people all the time, if people around you are not helping you grow for the better, uh, get rid of them. I had to cut people off. Uh, I had to evolve into the man I am today. And I, and I'm I'm thankful. Uh, I, I look at my past and say, this was a part of building my character and I don't mind growing better myself, uh, doing the right thing. Uh, it's so easy to do the wrong thing, but when you get caught up, I mean, trouble is easy to get into, but hard to get out of. And, and I realize what about just doing it the right way, doing it the legit way. You don't have to look over your shoulder. Uh, all these brands and products that I have, I don't have to deal with the negativity, uh, Even like I said, product don't talk back, man. I don't have to worry about, you know, product get mad at me or or what I didn't do for them. And I just think that we have to get into that uh, personal space in our life and say, we look in the Bible and say, nobody owe you nothing but love. And if somebody love you, then that's enough. Uh, Also, uh, Matthew 7 says, uh, judge no man or you be judged. And, and that's what gets me through. I don't judge nobody. I just try to do the best that I can. I'm, I, I'm not a perfect person. I don't live a perfect life and I constantly keep educating myself and learning. And I just want to, I want to help my culture. I want to help the next generation. And so my thing is about leaving an imprint on this world, not just being somebody that was here, but somebody that's, that, that grew and made a difference. So, I mean, that's what my life is about. Just keep getting better and, and keep trying to figure it out. How can we help our people? And, and, and how can we feed our families? How can we build generational wealth where we don't have to ask them for nothing?
0: You know, um, recently I heard uh, Diddy come forward and talked about white corporations and white America not really supporting and funding or fueling, you know, black media companies or black companies. And so I've I've been trying to get in touch with him to talk to him. And finally, I just went and got his phone number and started messaging him directly. Haven't really heard back from him. Why Why do you think so many people are popularizing this whole invest in black movement for social media, but then when it comes time to get to the table, you can't find them?
1: Yeah, well, I think that we got to start looking for action. And and we did that. We marched in the streets and even with the George Floyd and Breonna Tiller, but we didn't realize the most important thing is economic empowerment. That's what we need to be asking for. We, we should be holding these companies accountable for saying, okay, not only say what you're going to do, but help us actually put African-American product on these shelves. Uh, when you look at Aunt your Mom and Uncle Ben, those products was mockery of us. And we thinking that we buying into this stuff, but we spend a lot of money with these companies and we don't realize that African-Americans spend trillions of dollars a year, but all we are is consumers. We have to change that narrative and we have to hold these other big companies accountable because we are empowering them because we're investing our money into their companies. And I think that we are we're kind of like cracking these walls down now. Uh, what we was able to do with the wraps next, with me and James Lindsay. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that thinks outside the box and see the bigger picture. But I just think that we got to go in there, asking for the right thing, and making sure that we hold these companies accountable because we're going to these stores. We're, we 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 are keeping these uh, companies in business, but we are not demanding that the real diversity. Every time something happened, they say, oh, this is what they're going to do for us. Then they go back to the same thing. And it's not all the companies because they do have some good ones that are saying, you know what, let's do the right thing. And, and those are the ones I'm looking for to deal with with my business and the ones that are not talking it that are actually doing the right thing. So we just got to keep knocking them walls down. But um, and, and I think it's going to be more than us just making noise about it, having our business together, having business plans, showing these people how we can make money
0: together. And I think that's the that's the next step. You talked about, you know, whether it's a union or whatever, how do we build a coalition? Let's call it a coalition. How do we build it a coalition of, you know, people like me that has our fingers on the pulse of pop culture and social media and the people and giants like you and Puffy and those who have been examples of black ownership are at the tables that have big, voices how do we all get together and figure out a solution where we all get a piece of the pie because the thing i just said earlier this week on the breakfast club was yeah. you know all the people that are dressing cool at apple and beats by dre and all that all that i call them house niggas y'all are, y'all don't own any equity over there but you out running around bringing the culture back to the white man when we should be figuring out how to build it for ourselves how do we how do we get together and create a conversation that is just cannot be penetrated by the outside noise well, we got to build relationships with the ones that
1: want to make a difference, the ones that thinking like we thinking and saying, let's let's get together and do something about us helping us. And I, I'm open to that. You know, I've been open to that for a long time. And uh, I just want to be around good people, people that has integrity. Uh, I don't, I don't want to deal with no BS. So, you know, I keep my circle small. But when you, when you look at what, what our people was able to do back in the days and see what, what we are getting at now and the people that lost their lives so we can do this, that we could be here in, in the 21st century. I mean, I want to connect to the with, with the right people. And it's going to take people like us and doing what we're doing now, talking about it, communicating about it, and then actually having a plan of action. So I'm, I'm in, man. I mean, you watch all these companies making all this money off of us when you look at the clubhouses and all these other companies, the money they was able to raise, those guys raised $12 million for the company even got started. We could never do that. Think about it. Never. Because never. we don't have the relationships and resources and we don't stick together. I tell all the athletes and all the basketball and football players I know, I say, you know what? You guys relying on financial advisors. You got to start writing your own checks because those guys are investing your money into what, they want to invest into penny stocks. Uh, and, and, and guess what? You're not building relationships with the bank. So credit is the most important thing that, that that we could have. But it's all about understanding the banking system in a business and having people that can connect you to that. So I just think once we start showing these tips and getting together with each other, we don't really need no money. The money is out there. I mean, I was going to buy Reebok off of the debt. And to be able to show my people that I, that's what I want to teach, you know, us. And I think but we got to be willing to learn and listen and sit down because, you know, once we get a little money, we think we know everything.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You see that light flex. I said he was thinking of buying Reebok. Now, I want to get to your level when I can say I'm thinking of buying Nike. You know, but yeah. I am i got other things to do. No, but I think what you just said is important. You know, the other thing I want to go back, you talked about Romeo. You know, I've met him several times and I know him. Uh, you've been able to raise such a well-mannered, smart, uh, I know he's educated, but also very humble guy who I also am on the same network with at Fox Soul. How hard is it raising a kid when you were raised with not much, but love, and then you got everything, but now you still have to raise a kid and keep him normal?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's about teaching hard work and also being humble and uh, having integrity. So my thing is, I've always taught Romeo hard work. Like, let's go out there and get it. Let's not worry about what we have because we come from New Orleans, which you know hurricanes come all the time. We just had Hurricane Ida come back and just wash everything away. We have to start over. And and I and I, and I always raised Romeo saying that. When you stay humble and you do what's right, God going to continue blessing you. And that's what's been happening with us to where he could run the business. He's doing what he needs to do. And we're still working as a family. And I've never been his friend. I've always been his father. And I tell people that that's how you got to do Just because somebody has talent. My other boys, they could be top NBA players. I'm not going to be their friend. I'm going I'm to be their dad. And I think that's what we got to do as parents and also spend time with our kids. I spent a lot of time with Romeo. A lot of these Hollywood kids are being raised by their nannies and they don't even know the mothers or the fathers. So I think time is the most important thing. And uh if you if you educate your 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 kid, it's gonna go a long way in life instead of just giving them money. I just didn't give my kids cars and all this other stuff. You know, I got kids right now that just went to college that finally got their car that that they in college. And then a lot of these kids, I tell them, I say, you know what? If you work hard and you do the right thing, you don't have to depend on me. You'll be able to buy your own stuff. And and even though you can get whatever you want, I'm here, I'm going to get you whatever you need. But if I take you out, like I, I took my kids out with me everywhere I go, every philanthropy thing I do, everything I do back in my community, I take my kids to be a part of that Saying You got to work. And Romeo been doing that all his life. Like you got to be a part of this because you got to have a good heart. A lot of people have money, but and they say money changing, no, that. That just brings out who they really was. And uh, if you if you a great person without a lot of this stuff, when you get it, you'll be able to understand that this is just material stuff. You can't take it, which I tell my kids all the time. Uh, ain't no hearse and no U-Haul going to follow behind a funeral. So you definitely have to realize
0: that this is temporary success. And that's what that's what gets us over it. Mm. No, that's real. And I, I really love that and respect that. Um, if you teach them how to, f- you know, fish mentality, you know, don't give me the fish. And, and, you know, the thing I love about it is every time that I've seen Romeo 2, you know, he knows what I do for a living. You know, I started Hollywood and like the only lane open for me was finding the tea, finding the tea. And Romeo's always been cool, but he, like, I don't want no parts of no drama. I don't want, yeah. you know, like, I'm gonna yeah. I stay away from it. But I really respect how, you know, in a generation where I think a lot of these younger people are trying to get on by getting clout, doing dumb shit, he, he's just been consistent with the work, you know, yeah, even you know with his me? relationships.
1: When you look at it in the end, hard work gonna outpave everything else, man, and doing the right thing. And that's what I love about my son. Like you know, he's not perfect, but you know, we 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 drama free from from all this stuff. Like we don't need to get it the the easy way or the drama way. Or let's go make up this story. Now, nah, man, let's work for it. Let's build a business. Let's build a brand, and then we'll be able to feed a lot of people, and you'll be able to hold on to it. So that's our model. And and I think that when you have integrity and 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 you work hard for something you're going to be able to hold on to it. I call it sustainability. We've been able to be successful for over 25 years because just doing the right thing. And no matter what, I think when you do the right thing, it'll outshadow no matter whatever the drama, the dirt, or whatever somebody's trying to do. I mean, they did it to Jesus Christ. I tell my son all the time, I say, you know what? We are not eliminated from having to deal with pain we we it's just not gonna happen i mean they put jesus christ on the cross this man was really the son of god so you imagine that we trying to do the right thing what they want to do to us and so you just have to keep humble keep doing the right thing and knowing that that the blessing is bigger when you do the right thing, and don't be afraid, don't be afraid to do what's right, because I think a lot of people get caught up into, oh, I'm gonna do this because this is gonna get me some likes. I don't care nothing about likes, but it's gonna get people to 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 you know want to follow me. I'm like, you know what? If you do the right thing, in the end, you'll be around a long time, and people are gonna respect you. That's that's the most important thing
0: hmm. You know, um, I said th- the, uh, a couple weeks ago, I got into it with somebody and I said, you know what? We were debating about somebody saying something about me online. I said, listen, you see what they did to Jesus Christ. And they made a mockery of that. But when you really think about it, this is like the person that died for everybody's yeah. sins and the yeah. way they did him. Yeah. Why do you think they would do you any differently? Nah, you know, especially
1: if you're doing something right, you are going to get prosecuted no matter what. Let's be honest. It's like we saying, if you're trying to do something positive, imagine if I was doing something negative. I'd be on every TV show. Every day. Every day. But now every Master day. P cleaned his life up and he's doing this with his kids. He's creating business. He helping the community cause that ain't a sexy story for Hollywood. Think about it.
0: But No, 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 no. Let me let me correct you. It's not a sexy story if you're black in Hollywood, because if it's Ryan Seacrest, if it's Andy Cohen, if it's any of those people, they'll be on the headlines every day. And that's the part that I don't get with black celebrities that don't understand that. Never turn your back on the people who are going to talk about you every day because we need the content. They're going to talk about you here and there. But we we need to hold each other down. And I don't don't know why.
1: It's a lot of self-hate because I realized this, right? So say, instance, I got all this product. So if I put out noodles, they're going to tell me, well, P, you're killing our people because you got sodium in your noodles. But then you're going to go and buy $10 billion worth of noodles from them. And if I made a cookie, they would say, well, P, how are you going to put this too much sugar in your cookies? But they're going to spend $10 billion with Oreo. And I'm saying the more we make, the more we give. You're not even allowing us to get no product that you're buying on the shelves. Then we could come back and say and trust the process. We could make healthier items. But our people are not buying healthier items. They, they say that anytime they get online. So now I have water. My water right here is healthy. Let's see how much water we can sell. It's no sugar, no nothing. It's just water. I get it from the same place they get their water made at, and it's cheaper. I, I get uh, three cases of 24 for $10. You can't beat that. I'm in every supermarket, wherever you want to go at. So why wouldn't you buy L.A. Great Water normally putting money back into the community and the culture? And and we on the front line, but the difference is they are gonna come up with an excuse. Why well, I just been I've been drinking Arrowhead, so why should I drink that? So that's what I'm saying. The cell paper, we gotta break that cycle, and, and it's a mindset. Our people thinking negative because we're not used to seeing people look like us saying let's create essential goods. So I'm coming up with all kind of goods. So you're not you're not just gonna see this. You're gonna see product in stores with meat. I don't care if it's ketchup. Mayonnaise, mustard, uh, whatever you want to see. Condoms, you want to see whatever we create. Yeah, now, listen, listen, listen. don't
0: don't do the condoms because we got condoms coming out. But look, yeah. let me tell you, I got you, need-
1: for you. So you know, it's <laughs> enough room
0: for all of us to be honest. No, no, for sure, no. What you need to do is drop another video called the cookout. Then that's where you drop your mustard and your ketchup. You know what I mean? Product placement. No, but I think that's a that's a that's an interesting point because I really feel like. You know, and, and I said okay. this on- They
1: don't want to see you get to where you need to go at. Think about it now. Like you say, if you was a white man doing this, they'll love you. It's also like in sports. If you see a black man come in there with a sweatsuit on, that'd probably be the best agent in the world. A black guy wouldn't talk to him. They'll go talk to the worst guy with a suit on that's white, and they're going to give him the business. We do it every year in the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball. We have guys that can do that. And so think about this, right? We're giving them the money because if that kid make $200 million and you give five or 10% of that money to an agent that you don't, a, a, a financial advisor or agent that you don't know, you'll create more power for them. And now you don't see people look like us that you're going to give that type of money, $10, 20000000 million to somebody you just met in six months because we don't trust each other. We don't. We don't believe that we're capable of doing that type of business, and that's the mindset that has to
0: change if we're gonna get paid. this problem. But, but, but how do we change it? Because let me tell you, I was just on Clubhouse the other day, and I was calling. I was calling out some Sony executives who are black. They are up there in the rooms with the white folks. They have influence over the budgets, yet they're not spending any money with Hollywood Online. And I had gotten to a point where. Meeting, 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 pitch, pitch, pitch. You know, we we have national radio. We have podcasts. Well, we got to, you got to
1: realize this. Some of the black ones, this is worse than the white ones. They got a job. They just want to keep their job. So now we got to go beyond them. You got to go to the shareholders. And that's what I want to teach my culture. I'm going to give you this game. Let's go to the shareholders of these companies. We don't need to sit back and wait and talk
0: to these executives. Look up who the
1: shareholders are and let's go to
0: them that's what i'm talking about and that that is what i was looking for the action like how do we penetrate this this wall that people have put up so and i've said this. I, wait wait let me say it let me say this i also right. said on clubhouse yeah. unfortunately The biggest barriers to my success have either been white publicists who control these black artists or black executives who don't want to introduce another pathway to the white folks. So either way, it's been my people in the way, too. Yeah. And and I'm glad we're having this conversation. Well, like I said,
1: let's go to the shareholders and let let us teach these guys that you got to stop doing traditional business. you got to think outside the box if you want to make more money. You're going to have to deal with people like us. And that we are creating content, we are growing, and people are looking for our content, just like what you're doing right now. Like your brand could be just as big as Clubhouse if the right investment is put into it. The products that I'm making could be just as big as every other product out there if it's able to get into the right stores, the right supermarkets. We need we need distribution. That's what we need. And if we go to these shareholders, and that's my thing, let's stop talking to the wrong people. We're going to shareholders after this and sit down. I don't care whether you want to team up and go do this. Like We can get more stuff done dealing with shareholders because they understand they just want to grow their business. A lot of these other people take it personal, but now they got this big job now. They feel like they're a boss. All they want to do is use these company credit cards up. They're not building business. We're going to show these shareholders how to create more business, and they don't want to talk to us.
0: Yes. No. I listen. I'm all. We're gonna definitely connect after the show. I want to pivot and ask you a question. So recently on Hollywood Unlocked, we had posted that back and forth around your brother c murder and um, him, uh, Kim Kardashian wanting to help him get out of prison. There were I, without all the details, people know what I'm talking about. What yeah. I saw was you know i you own your relationship with your brother that is yeah. your family it's not anybody yeah. else's opinion of that yeah. nobody else has any right to talk about your relationship yeah. with your family when i saw that kim was helping you know i had reached out to kim to help me get somebody out of prison and ultimately she she said she wanted to help but she didn't i end up doing it myself do you was your frustration that the conversation about getting him out was now magnified because of Kim Kardashian was involved and it and not necessarily the fact that we've all been trying to get our own people out of prison for yeah, years you know what, and nobody's been talking issue. about it? I think I think it start with us
1: and our family. I love my brother. i do anything for him. We're going to be family. We're going to do this till the wheels fall off. I think my frustration came from that people don't understand how serious this case is. And they think just because a celebrity is coming involved, like with Kim Kardashian, she had stuff connections through the president and that's on the federal side my brother case is a state case louisiana is a very different place and this is a state case and and i know boosie went out there talking on social media which i love it i love kim saying whatever she's tweeted out but if you're not gonna be about it and actually go down and help this man and be a part of this because the federal system can cannot help my brother um it's, it got to be a state. You got to build relationships with the governor and the judges in New Orleans, in, in Louisiana. And that's the only way that's going to help them. So that noise ain't did nothing but made those people on the other side, like, you know what? We really not messing with this. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. Even though my brother, he just want to get out and I and I feel it. But at the same time, man, ain't nothing like your family. And, and, and even after that, you know, I don't know if anybody else did anything else. And so it's like, But you got it. That's why I say education is so important. This is a state case, a state case. I don't care if you get on social media and say all this stuff and do this. These people in Louisiana is built different. I was trying to build relationships in the background, like to build relationships with governors and judges. And it just it just messed everything up because now a lot of people are not going to put their neck on the line, you
0: know, for somebody that now it's a Hollywood thing. You know, people out okay, here you're 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 being polite Louisiana government is racist <laughs> yeah. they're racist I was in the airport in New Orleans coming yeah. home I love New Orleans I love the people in New Orleans I got stopped in the airport by the police to, by the sheriffs of Jefferson County or something yeah, like that Jefferson Paris. Where, Jefferson Parish, I get, yeah. let me tell you something. They accused me of smuggling cocaine Yeah. and then they wanted to search me. So I put it on Instagram and it went viral. But then when I put it on uh, Instagram, I got a lot of people from Jefferson Parish who reached out to me, sending me videos of how they police out there. And so I learned from that experience and me getting somebody out of Kansas city that all that rah, rah, rah on social media, yeah. make these local white yeah, folks that just, that double down.
1: Yeah. And that just made it for me, man. Cause I was really building relationships behind the scene to help my brother get out. And then this stuff brought so much crazy attention that a lot of people, you know, I mean, judges got jobs uh, off of this case. So it kind of like draws back down. And I know my brother, like, he in a rush, he in a rush to get out and, and and I get it. But I also, I want people to know, you know, that if if we're gonna save this next generation, we gotta be truthful. So, you know, it, it, it kind of like, it, it brought us back two notches down because nobody else is really doing that. So, you know, I love my brother that much, man, that even when he mad at me, I'm mad at him. We're going to get together and fight somebody else together. That's just how it goes because we're going to be family yeah. forever. But I think when the, the, the education part, when people really not looking at what this case entitled, they think somebody not doing something or they don't see something, they don't realize you got to build these relationships, you know, besides what, what you see in the media. And go down. We had a guy that was a NAACP guy that was going to the to the jailhouse working for my brother. And these people just it just stopped everything. And I don't know what they're doing. So it's like that's the part. But I'm not going to stop. I mean, we're going to keep moving as a family. But that did set us back a couple of years
0: because this this is a serious case. Yeah, there, there's a book I was put on a long time ago called When Helping Hurts. So, like, people have good intentions to help, but then they end up doing more damage. Yeah. I think a lot of people need to read that book. So how is he doing now? Is his mind, is he still, you know, hopeful and focused on, yeah, you know, the, I mean, the process? to be honest with you, you, know my brother's a strong
1: dude, man, so he going to be all right. I'm, I'm just hoping that he could get home to his family soon, and then we could do whatever we got to do as, as a family, man, because... You know, even even when somebody's in trouble or hurt, your family is the only thing that's going to be there for you in the end. And I know a lot of these people be saying stuff, man, and going on all these sites, but they not really doing nothing. It's it's a lot of people just talking and barking, and it's like, okay, what are you sending this man? What are you giving this man? Like, stop it. Let's just let this man go through the situation and, and let God get him out of this, and, and, and pray for him. Send him send him your prayer. Like, just stop all this negative talking. And we, we're gonna do what we gotta do as a family, even when nobody's looking or nobody's seeing. You know, we going we gonna we gonna do our part, and I think that's the most important thing. And and it's a process. It's not an easy process, like you say. This is a Louisiana case. is a high profile case where they don't want it. They don't want this man out of this situation, and so we gotta really play chess. And I just think we've been playing checkers because of everybody. You know, you know, wanting attention or being angry or uh, 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 trying to, you know, make us go against each other, which that'll never happen. You know what I'm
0: saying? That'll never happen. It's
1: the same thing
0: over here. That's good to hear because I know you've held him down for years. and I know he loves you. And I know he he's such an iconic figure in hip hop, too. And, you know, I was thinking back to BET when they honored Bad Boy and Diddy and all them with the whole Bad Boy perform. When are we going to see that with you need to be honored like that because you've had so many artists under your label that have had hits and that have had massive impact. Yeah. Do you see that happening and don't you think it's overdue already?
1: Well, you know, I I don't I don't care for all that stuff. I just do the right thing. And you know, all my blessings come from the man up above, but we definitely going to do a, a no limit reunion tour. We're going to start on uh October 9th. And uh, we're going to be able to bring everybody out. And I want to celebrate all the artists. So everybody around the world that that, that want to see that 90s, bring go back to the 90s, 2000, just had a celebration, man. Life too short. We don't know, you know, when we never going to see somebody again. So this this tour is so important to me to be able to be on the roll with Mia X, Silk the Shocker, Mystico, uh, Fiend, I'm hoping that Matt could come on some show days, but his case is is, is serious. Like he got a serious lockdown. Uh, Mercedes, uh, Snoop Dogg coming on some of the shows. So and also bringing a lot of guests and family out there and just celebrate, man. And and hopefully we able to to uh, just have a good time with our fans, because I want to tell people, you know, even I sold 100 million records. It, it's not about me. It's about the fans, and and I love my fans for that. So we will see them on this No Limit reunion tour real soon.
0: Listen, you know who I just saw a couple months ago at dinner here in Beverly Hills? Sibo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I remember, like, those yeah. days with RBL Posse, the yeah. loony, like, you know, hip-hop is just... It's evolved so much that when I look at artists today, I'm like, man, y'all really need to do your history because if you really understand like the tra- 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 trajectory of where music has gone and the business, you'll be so much further ahead. Let me ask you really quick what your thoughts are on the baby. They were trying to cancel him for what he said at Rolling Loud. I'm gay. I understand the, the frustration, but I also understand coming from the hood and not necessarily being educated and not now given a chance to become educated I wasn't a fan of the whole cancel him conversation. What did what did you think about all that? Yeah, well,
1: I think now we live in a world where everybody has an opinion about you. So I just think we just got to keep praying. And I, I know that the baby will get over this. And uh, I just love what I was able to learn from the Bay and the people I was able to connect in the music industry. And I think now as artists, we got to hold ourselves accountable how far we want to get in life, how big we want to be. Uh, we got to watch what we say, we got to watch what we do. but. I remember being in a bay, and and, and I want I want to talk about EA Ski. EA Ski is probably one of the most talented producers that I ever met in my life, and I I grew up working with him, and and that's something I wish that that I could have made more records with him. This guy was Dr. Drake. before he was Dr. Drake, before Dr. Drake, and uh, I used to go to his house in Oakland, and this guy just was so talented, man. I, I appreciate him. I love him. I respect him, and I, I I know that hopefully before it's over, we're gonna get to do something. I want to be able to do something with him, man. That that dude, we was there for just, we was like brothers. But my 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 life had just moved. I moved back home to New Orleans. But if I could go back and redo anything, I'm like, if I could have made more more songs and more music with E. A. Ski, I know that we could have even took the bay even even farther and even bigger. So. I love the Bay, man. That's that's why I got my character for his music, my hustle for his music. And uh this was a guy that that talented, man, like we could make anything like we just sit in the house and just make music. So I'm, I'm hoping to go back to do something with him that we could do something big that that change the
0: bait. Yeah, when you came to the Bay, your hustle was it, your hustle was crazy, and yeah. I, I remember I remember yeah. you in the hood selling yeah. your tape, and I remember it. And so I think what I what I hope people could take away from this conversation, and hopefully what we can connect on outside this conversation, is you really are the example of black excellence that everybody talks about as an idea, and you really are somebody who hustled it out the literal mud yeah. and put a lot of other people of color on. And you know, I remember back in the day when. Um, What's his name? Um, I almost said Spice One. I'm still stuck in the bay. Um, when um what's his name? Um Spike Lee had attacked yeah. uh Tyler Perry because yeah. he was saying the films that Tyler was doing weren't real legitimate, like yeah. black film. And I'm like, listen, whether you have Black Panther or Malcolm X and or, or Medea or I got the hookup, yeah. It's all about what we can do as black people to move our people forward and provide opportunities for people and have ownership and independence. And I think that. To watch your hustle, yes. I've sat back and watched you just go all anywhere you want to go and create it all off your own work. And so I've been a fan, and I, I'm honored to talk to you about it.
1: Yeah, no, nah, thank you. And uh, this new movie I got, Unknown, is so important because this is this is out of the box for me. This is a uh, this is a movie. Uh, it's kind of like a horror, but it's 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 also like a love story. It's it's uh it's a suspense. And they they know that we could do comedy. They know that we could do, uh, you know, drama. But this movie takes us to another place. And, and it'll be on Amazon. It'll be everywhere October 1st. And uh, just to being able to to executive produce this film, Unknown, with my son, Romeo, uh, it's just a blessing. So we got to start thinking outside the box. We got to keep growing. And I think that's where my life is going at. And we got to keep connecting like, like we're doing right now. Uh, being able to connect the dots with each other to even make bigger projects. And it all start with these little small projects and keep doing them and then connecting and getting to the system because the system is the marketing budgets. That's what holds us back. Like these guys are able to get big marketing budgets to put these products and put these projects in your face to where you can buy it. So uh, that's the next level. that That's, that's what we own now being able to put people of color, not just starring and acting in these films, but owning them
0: and being able to produce them and control these projects. And stop waiting for somebody to hand it to you because nobody handed it to Master P and nobody yeah. handed it to me. Yeah, they do
1: going to give you nothing, man. Think about it. Nobody's going to give you nothing. If you truly believe in your dream, get out there and go chase it. Create an opportunity. Don't sit around and wait for it.
0: Listen, and um, you speaking of marketing budgets, all these Amazon Prime and chips and water. Look, I love water. I love chips. I love marketing budgets, Master P. Yeah. I'm always available to you. I'm gonna make sure you get my phone number. Okay. It's been i I've interviewed a lot of people, but this was an honor, and I and you you come back anytime. Thank you, thank you. Now I appreciate you. Y'all make sure you go get all the products and check out uh, Unknown October 1st on Amazon Prime, uh, Master P. Thank you, appreciate you. Yes, sir. Salute. All right, look, that was a great show. And make sure you keep coming back because we got all types of amazing interviews and topics that are going to make you go crazy. Uh Uh-huh, that's right. That means like, subscribe, do everything you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with what we got going on.
1: And ladies, stay tuned in because you know I have your back.
0: And listen, make sure that you're commenting below because even though I say I don't read it on the show, that's all I do when it's over. Peace.